Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 206 of the Stuttering is Cool podcast. I am your host and producer, Daniele Rossi, lifelong stutterer. And you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. This November will be the 10th anniversary. I gotta, gotta think of something big to do to commemorate that. You know, it, this is actually my seventh take. Uh, I've been, it's been maybe maybe a month right now, maybe even more than a month since I've put out an episode and <laughs> I'm so rusty. And I keep forgetting what I wanted to say. <laughs> In any case, I have a jam-packed episode, and and I will be talking about well where I've been for about a m- month, and also my New Year's resolution, my New Year's goal that I talked about in my last episode, and I'll also be interviewing a new author of a children's book series that had just come out which is why which is why i said it's new <laughs> see what i mean i'm not gonna stop and start all over again <laughs> but first but first i received some audio hey my name is Raul, and i've been studying ever since i could remember um i don't really stutter when i like talk to myself so there may be no studying here or maybe there will be but you know so yeah, I'm from California. I'm in the Marine Corps. Um, I've been in the Marine Corps since 2013, um, and I'm about to get out of the Marine Corps. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. And for anybody out there that thinks that just because they stutter, they can't join the military, um, it is very possible just that there's some like hurdles and steps that you have to go through in order to join the military with the the stutter so um yeah that's it thank you bye-bye thanks for sending that audio along raul and you are right as people who stutter we do have that extra hurdle when it comes to achieving our goals achieving whatever it is that we want to achieve it doesn't mean that we won't achieve our goals. It doesn't mean that we will achieve all of our goals. That's just the way life works. However, it just requires a little bit of creativity, a little bit of mental toughness, steps out of our comfort zones to build up that resilience and creativity and, and such in order to achieve our goals, whether it's getting the job that we want, ordering the food that we want, getting the nerve to walk up and talk to a love interest and such. And this is something that's common across all disabilities, across anyone who has a particular challenge. So thank so thank you for mench, mench, mentioning that. And I have to say it was pretty cool to receive audio from a Marine. You guys are one of the toughest people on the planet. And I've always been inspired, uh, motivated and such from people of the people from the military stories of bravery and facing adversity and all that even even outside of the military and what i've learned 
over the years is that's I think what the whole point of life is <laughs> or maybe not the whole point but one of the secrets to happiness in life is dealing with with suffering plowing through keeping a positive mindset serving others uh, humbling yourself and all that and and it and it fits so well when it comes to the stuttering experience for example you're in a job interview you know chances are we're probably discriminated a lot and it takes creativity it takes a lot of stuff to I don't want to say convince, but that's what the whole point of the job interview is. I mean, even fluent people are having trouble <laughs> acing job interviews. But it can be done. I know so many people that stutter of all volumes that they have jobs and they're in the military too and in a high in a high ranking a high rank in the military as well. So in life, regardless of speech fluency or disfluency, there's always setbacks. There's always hurdles. There's always suffering. There's always something. And it's the it's the perspective, the attitude that we have. Do we keep going? Is this the battle that we're going to fight? And all that. And I'd like to hear from you. How would you like to submit some audio? I would love to, to receive it because, quite frankly, after 10 years of podcasting, Let's hear from somebody else. <laughs> you can use your phone, your voice memo app, the voice memo app on your smartphone. Record what? We'll say two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. I don't want to put, put any cap. Basically, don't ramble on and keep it clean. <laughs> Email it to coolstutter at gmail.com and I'll play it on the next episode of this podcast. And if you're stuck for what to talk about, how about talking about what hurdles you had to overcome? Or, or maybe you can, uh, re- you, you can add to what, what Raul me- uh, talked about or come up with another topic. Or maybe you can have something, uh, a response to the upcoming interview that I will have with the author. I'm not going to reveal the name just yet. I don't know why I'm doing that. In, a, in any case, <laughs> coolstutter at gmail.com is the email to send it. Or you can always send it to go to stutteringschool.com and there's a contact. No, you can't really send. Never mind. Ignore that. Coolstutter at gmail.com. Beep. <laughs> Moving right along. So where have I been for a little bit over a month? Working on my father's book. That's what I've been doing. So... Uh, This has nothing to do with stuttering. A little teeny tiny indirect relation. Yes, it does. So I'm only going to spend about a minute talking about this just because it's a bit interesting. So my father uh, wrote a book, is writing a book uh, about the way of life in his hometown, native hometown in Italy over the centuries before the 50s, the 60s, when everything started to change, mass immigration and no, that way of life is gone. It's It was an agricultural town. And the whole town stuck together. It was a small town of about 900 people. And they all worked together, collaborated to survive. So it wasn't 
like our society now, which tends to be more every man for himself kind of thing. So it's pretty remarkable, the stuff in the book. And I'm not here to show the book. I'm just here to say the indirect relation is my grandfather, so my father's father, and his sister stuttered. So I inherited that. I'm the only one of the grandchildren <laughs> that stutters. So that's kind of cool, especially since I haven't, I've never met my my grandfather because he died uh, before I was born. So it's kind of cool to have this stutter. And it's kind of like a piece of him in me, you know, passed down and such. <laughs> the other thing that kept me away from podcasting was... I finally bought myself a turntable that I've always wanted to do. I've always been into vinyl records. Again, I'm only going to keep this down to one minute. I have a ton of vinyl from the 80s as I was growing up, late 70s and a bit of the 90s too. And I bought some new ones now. And well, it turns out a USB turntable isn't enough. You need more stuff. <laughs> If you want to record proper sound and all that stuff. So basically every weekend was spent working my father's book or driving to another to another city. Back to the store where I bought my turntable. Don't ask. <laughs> and dealing with, with that. Like I said, life has suffering. You just got to have a positive outlook <laughs> and an easygoing nature. You can't really, or rather not that you can't, but... It's ideal, you know, you can take your hissy fits <laughs> and such. Yes, you can feel sad, you know, you, you got to let your emotions out. But in the end, it's just a turntable. <laughs> in the end, uh, no matter what it is that's causing you grief, a clear head, a positive outlook, I find is always the best approach, even when you're dealing with extra hurdles in, say, job interviews or get plucking up the courage to speak to a love interest or what or what have you what kind of vinyl did i buy a lot of jazz <laughs> we're talking ella fitzgerald i love her scatting uh, and i bought oscar peterson i bought he is a canadian that's where this podcast is being recorded i don't think i mentioned that coming to you from toronto canada nice and snowy uh, bought some other hard bop called hard bop that cool very very cool jazz music that i'm that i've started really really getting getting into i'm not gonna explain it because this isn't a music podcast google is your friend and speaking of google this is a good segue into the next topic <clears throat> excuse me For those of you who listened to my previous episode, I mentioned my nasty, or not, or maybe nasty is not the right right word. I just have this bad had had this bad habit since I was eight, eight or nine. So we're talking early mid, early nineteen eighties actually of like using the word like. And like every time I like speak to someone, I have to like use the word like because I can't be bothered to like think of a more descriptive word. And like over time, now that like saying like 
has become the norm and, and like an accepted norm, it got even like harder. And even though I'm not like telling you like not to like, not telling you how to how to like speak, but I personally hate saying like, I'm done, I'm done. I made the New Year's resolution and my rest of my life goal to banish it forever. And I used Google to search, did other people write about this? <laughs> Trying to get rid of saying like, and I did, I found a Forbes article very good article that's that pretty much said yeah you're replacing more descriptive words with a nonsense word and you come across as someone who's not confident and that's not what what i want <laughs> it's not what i want and and when i when when i use the word like many times in a sentence i actually end up feeling worse i feel like i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to say that word i f i felt as if i didn't come across as 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 if i came across as this yeah as this person with no confidence person who just couldn't speak and i noticed i also tend to lose eye contact more when i use the word like excessively in a paragraph <laughs> <laughs> when I speak. In fact, something happened at work a few weeks ago where it was a bit of a crisis and I had to explain what happened, what it went on and what the um, solution would be and why my solution is better than what they think and this and this. And I was a bit nervous and just kept saying like, 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 and like, and like, and ugh, I felt like they couldn't <laughs> I said the word like. I, I felt as if I was unreliable, that they couldn't believe me and all that. Now, again, I'm not telling you how to speak. This is my own personal goal and making myself accountable because going forward, you shouldn't be hearing me say like <laughs> or rather misusing the word like. And in the Forbes article, it did mention the author who spent six, it, it, it took him six months to finally banish the use of the word and he said it was tough and i can't see it it is so hard i'm still i still catch myself saying it so if you're someone who's also trying to eliminate that word because after all we have a stutter to deal with and there are people who still think that we're frightened people and that's what causes stuttering so if i can eliminate the word like and appear even more confident in addition to maintaining eye contact which makes you appear confident that would be fantastic yeah i'm trying i'm trying to be a tough person <laughs> trying to be m m marine when i never even signed up well i couldn't because i don't live in the states in any case and i'm trying not to say um which i say a lot and uh so that's been difficult but i'm glad i have this accountability so if you're also trying to eliminate these garbage words I feel your pain, number one. Number <laughs> number two, the articles had mentioned a best practice is just replace when when you have the urge to say them, don't say anything at all. Cause sometimes that silent actually sometimes a lot of times a silent pause works wonders. It really makes you look reflective, more confident, 
more confident. So instead of saying, yeah, and then I like went to the store, you could say, and then I decided to go to the store. And it also gives you a chance to slow the conversation down. Everyone's speaking fast these days. <laughs> and it gives you a chance to think of a more descriptive word. Which makes it even more pleasant, I think. Especially when, when you're telling a story, too. <laughs> but again, I'm not telling you <laughs> how, it, to, how it, to speak. And I'm fine hearing other people use the misuse the word like i just don't like it for myself so i don't know if that makes me a hypocrite and i really don't care <laughs> it's just because on this show you can speak any way you like i just said the word like <laughs> another in 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 fact another tactic the forbes article mentioned was just don't ever use the word like just stop it eve even if you're using it properly just avoid <laughs> using the word the guy even said that he stopped using the like, um, I said, um, clicking like, ah, I said it. <laughs> this is going to be a long six months. He uh, stopped. I am. He, <laughs> oh boy. He stopped liking articles on Facebook. He even avoided that one, so, which I'm fine with. I'm kind of sick of Facebook. So, moving right along, it's time for me to fire up Skype and call up Kim Block, the new author that the world has now. <laughs> Welcome back, Kim. Great. Thank you for having me. I think I had you on, what was it, two years ago, three years ago, four years Absolutely. ago? I don't even know. <laughs> but yes. I'm glad. Sorry? Sorry. <laughs> I I think it was connected with the B caps. Ah, that's right. The British Columbia something something stuttering association of <laughs> people who stutter. <laughs> and for listeners who may not know, British Columbia is a province in the western part, the westernmost part of Canada, known for its Rocky Mountains and now a lot of snow. <laughs> we were just talking before. <laughs> Uh, 30 centimeters of snow sounds like nothing, but no, it's not. It's all, it's it's quite a lot of snow. Yes, Enough that I hope we get it too over on my side of the country so I don't have to go to work the next day. <laughs> so, but I don't think we will, darn it. <laughs> so, Kim Block, I hear that you wrote a book. Yes. Uh, it's been quite a journey. And it's a children's book um, about stuttering called Adventures of a Stuttering Superhero, Adventure Number One, Interruptitis. I love that title, the Interruptitis. And then, then even when I read the, um, I just said, um, just so you know, <laughs> the first half of my podcast that I recorded was all about, for the most part, me trying to eliminate mm -hmm. the filler words. And I'm failing miser miserably. But I'm going to try really hard not to say um, uh, and like. Right. So every time I do, I don't know. Maybe I'll slap myself. But <laughs> in any case, sorry. Uh, ah, I just did it right now. <laughs> when I read the summary, I thought that was such a great and awesome plot line. Would you, would you, would you like to give a summary, an overview of what 
the first book is about? Sure. Um, it's about a little girl named M Melissa who's in grade two. And she's trying to play and interact with her friends. And she has a lot of I ideas of the games that she wants to play. And she has this little boy in her class named Johnny who keeps trying to guess her words every time she <laughs> stutters. And so she thinks that there is something wrong with him and that he is a sick with interruptitis. <laughs> so she goes on a journey trying to cure him of his sickness. And at the end of the, the story, she discovers a way to stop him from interrupting her. Nice. So, spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> so, is so is Melissa a superhero superhero? Or is that just a um, metaphor in the title? She is a little girl who stutters. So, her um, each, I mean, this is a children's book and it's turning into a series. Mm -hmm. So, every series will be like a new superpower. And if I told you what her superpower was in the book, then it would tell you how she learns to stop this little boy from oh, okay. interrupting her. But um, she's not a superpower. I mean, a superhero in the way that she can fly. She is a, 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 a regular girl who stutters. And I think anybody who, who, who stutters has to, to be a superhero in one way or, or in one way or uh, 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 another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are so many times that I, was saying, yeah, stuttering is my superpower because I have the ability to gauge someone <laughs> their their emotionally intelligence and are they a nice person by the way that they react. <laughs> yes. How, we, oh. we do learn a lot about other people by how they respond to us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How did you come up with the concept or yeah, the concept and, and also what made you want to write a book from what I remember you work in HR for your day job, correct? Or is that over? And now you're Actually, full time. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a secretary at a school and it's a BC school for the deaf and I oh, work wow. in the provincial outreach program, deaf and hard of hearing. And um, the deaf school is also part of a hearing school. And um, one of the girls in the hearing school is a, is a person who stutters. And I, well, actually the school was hosting an event where they were inviting people from all over the community to read in the classrooms and her classroom um, didn't have somebody to read and so I volunteered I thought wouldn't it be great if if an adult goes into her room and reads the book about stuttering and it is a stuttering <laughs> um, so I went to the school library and I said do you have any children's books on stuttering 
And she was like, no, I don't. And I've never seen one. And so I read the book, um, It's Okay to Be Different by Todd Parr. Mm -hmm. And that was really the closest book that I could find um, as to the theme, as to what I wanted to be talking about. And um, it wasn't until I was like in her class and reading the story and uh, watching her interact with all of her peers where I went home and I was just like, I need to write her a book. And so I wrote a few of them and I gave them to her, her mom and her mom and her loved these stories. And her mom said to me, you know, you should really turn this into something. And, um, I mean, this was happening, I think, in the month of January. I think it's been like a year ago um, that oh, I went wow. to her, her room. And I said, you know, really, like, I don't have time to be seeing if this could be something and what that something would look like. And it wasn't until the su summer that um, that I really started to think about, okay, what do I want to be doing? And um, so I found a publisher on Vancouver Island, and um, it's a self-publishing, but it's through them. The book is connected to Amazon and Chapters, mm -hmm. and it's on Barnes and Noble, and it's available um, in 131 different countries. Holy Max. Yeah, so um, I'm been working a lot every single day of trying to contact public libraries, school boards, districts, um, telling them about my book and why this is so important. Yeah, I've been meaning to do the same with my book since 2013. <laughs> I really got to call them up. Never did. I should probably hire you to talk on my behalf. No. <laughs> no. I would love to. <laughs> so tell us about the process that you made. Tell us. I'm talking Roy, 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 Royal We, but the listeners too. Your process of how you wrote this book, were you were you doing the J.K. Rowling thing and writing it in a cafe or <laughs> is this an autobiographical in any way, anything like that? No, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's the only way that it's autobiographical is that you can tell that it's clearly written by someone who stutters, like a speech mm. therapist did not write this book. <laughs> Um, and I think that if you put a whole bunch of people who stutter in a room, I think we could discuss the book on many levels and and different things that the story brings up. Um, but I've already written book two, and I'm working on oh, books. Wow. <laughs> Re and I planned up to book nine, and oh, I am just thanks. itching to get these books <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, but I gotta sell my book number one enough to pay off the money that I invested in it before I can even think of working on book two. And being mm. a self-published author, um, there's a lot of red tape that I need to jump 
through that things that I don't have access to. Um, but I think because there's nothing out there for stuttering, it does give me an edge that when I'm contacting public uh, libraries, what they're saying to me is, well, we usually only get our books from this group or this company, but because we don't have anything like this, we are willing to buy mm -hmm. your book. So my book is creating a lot of extra hard work for people because um, when, when libraries order books, they already come self cataloged and uh. companies and book companies already set up SKUs and all sorts of things for them as to where with me, they're starting that process from scratch. But, um, the public libraries that I have applied to, um, 90% of them have said yes. Oh, and, wow. I, and I have been kind of spying on the, in the, on online in that the <laughs> Burnaby Public Library was the first one to say yes. They bought two of my books, and I was going online on the public on the public library, finding out when it was going to be in. <laughs> um, and then someone had placed a hold for it before oh, wow. the books got in. And then when the books were in, both of them were were out. Holy So Max. I was so excited. I'm like, wow, people wow. are actually taking it out. Um, but, um, I mean, I've been going to PAC meetings um, and talking to parents. You know, are, are they a way of getting the books into schools? Um, a special ed directors. SLPs, uh, Burnaby Now newspaper wrote an article, which led to the CBC newspaper interview and the CBC News TV interview. I feel like I've been doing a lot of stuff and a lot of things have been accomplished. But at the same time, it is such a slow uphill climb that every person I contact to um, you know, including people at the library, it takes a lot of advocacy work to explain why this book is so important. It's not just like a one email that I can shoot off to someone. If only. And they're going to go, <laughs> oh, of course, this has been so needed. Um, <laughs> so it's a lot of explaining and yeah. educating and attaching articles. Um and I have a full-time job and two kids. So I'm waking up um, before six o'clock in the morning so that I can get about half hour, 40 minutes of work mm. that I can count on every day. Yeah. Just to be contacting people, getting people's contact information. So, um, I mean, it's turning into my... Um, my baby <laughs> yeah that's the life of uh, the self-published author you're the the marketer the public the public relations <laughs> you're the this the this the this and yeah. all that yeah it's fun though it's yeah. really takes a lot like it takes a lot of uh resil resilience and such but yeah it's well worth 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 it sounds like you've really 
accomplished a lot within what six months four months so that's yeah. i'm you know i know that you just finished saying it doesn't feel like you did and anything but holy mackerel you accomplished a lot <laughs> well the book was officially published october 26th so mm -hmm. um it's been a few months including but the I, christmas holidays yeah. yeah but i feel like writing the book was the easy part <laughs> <laughs> yeah getting it out there is the hard part <laughs> yeah 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 very very cool yes so um i mean it's brought up a lot of a lot of emotions oh and a lot of thinking about the stuttering community as a whole oh in um, what way well i feel like a lot of People in diverse groups have been making progress. Um, uh, okay. And I guess, um, I guess one of the things most noticeable to me, or the most recent feelings, is the uh, uh, transgender community has been doing some really exciting work. And at least in BC, we are getting same-sex oh, oh, washrooms in schools. And um, our, student, our student database system now just doesn't say um, female, male. But for students, we also have the option of putting a preferred gender. And I think the strides that they have made are huge and important and it's really exciting to see that and at the same time there's this little voice in me that says that's great and what kind of strides are we making um you know like there's a part of me that is thinking you know is the stuttering community do we have enough of a voice in 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 schools? Um, you know, I know that there are, uh, you know, there are a ton of people putting in tons of volunteer hours, and um, you know, doing you know everything that we can in our world. But I, there's this part of me that I would love to see nonprofit organizations or some sort of paid staff um, that are part of the stuttering community where that is their job. Their full-time job is to advocate yeah. for people to stutter, uh, to go into schools, to be talking to parents, to be talking to SLPs. And, you know, for all those diverse groups making strides, I'm like, yes, that's great. And then I want us to be part of that. Yeah, there's still a ton, a ton of work that needs to be done. We're only in the uh, beginning. We're only in the beginning. You know, the King's Speech and you know, all that kind of did stuff, but it all takes us. And, you know, it's, and it's exactly what you... Uh, well, you said I. Th I believe. Don't quote me on this one. Maybe the Stirring Foundation 
has the has the has the has a paid staff, but we still need a lot more. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, I want to see something in Canada. I want yeah. to see people across Canada and every province. Uh, you know, you know, give us like one person. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should at least have one person in every province. To, I mean, there are. You know how large the provinces are, right? <laughs> I know, and like we don't even have one person, like. I just feel like there are provincial outreach programs and that are based in schools that are under school boards and you know where is ours um and I guess you know and I've always kind of had this feeling as to what we have, have all had. I remember the Canadian, at that time, the Canadian Association of People Who Stutter was applying for a paid staff. And that was when David, my husband, who was the coordinator, and that was like 25 years ago. And we're still trying to get a paid staff and i don't know i feel like all these feelings in me and b caps and b caps uh ended last year right yes came to an end yeah yeah, yeah there's still tons of work we gotta do <laughs> and a part of me wonders where is everybody <laughs> like yeah there are so many people who are hiding and we need everybody to come forward so yeah. it's like a catch at 22 yeah but it's not just a stirring community. It's uh, there's lots of other groups that are clamoring for you know voice voice time as as uh, as as well, and you just gotta learn from you know this. What's the what's that phrase? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> and I think we so, should be very squeaky. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, now we have the CSA that's being more robust, and so is the ABC. So. Maybe, maybe this is the uh, the phoenix rising out of the ashes or whatever, <laughs> so so uh, to speak. Yeah. But, but it's very, very inspiring. Very, very inspiring. So that's what motivated you to write the book. Well, it part, was... Part, part, uh, part of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, it was the uh, 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 little girl. Um, mm. And it was just, I just couldn't stop thinking about her and just knowing the path that she's going to go down uh. and thinking there's just very little uh, 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 out there. And I think every child who stutters deserves and has the right to walk into every library or bookstore and pick up one book that has a character that is similar to them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that is a lot to ask, which is why I'm working so hard. <laughs> um, well, so I'm hoping yeah. that this is all going to pay off and that I will be able to publish book number two and three and four and more. Um, yes. It, it, it will because one thing that I learned from my book is you never will ever foresee what will happen. Right. 
and you think, eh, it's not gonna happen. I should just stop now, this and this. And I almost quit. I almost didn't even make my book. And then I said, you know, let's just see. And then so many things happened. Like, what the? And then one of them was where I was at the NSA conference in the States. And, and when I was giving my cartooning workshop to the kids, there was one year that I that I noticed all the kids were wearing superhero T-shirts, the Spider Mans, the Hulk Hogan, the uh, Hulk Hogan, the the Incredible Hulk, the Batman's, and all and all that. And it made me think, these kids need a superhero that stutters. <laughs> exactly. You bet me yeah. to it though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Now, for any listeners that's probably thinking right now, I would love to write a book. What's your advice? I would definitely say do it because I think we need to just flood the <laughs> mar mar market. Mm -hmm. I think we all need to kind of come together and work together um, to help these books get out there. Um, and I, I, I would start with, you know, like writing everything down, going through the process. And, um, I would, I don't know. I mean, there's so much that I've learned. I mean, one of the things is I feel like the process was so much slower than what I wanted it to be, but I'm oh, yeah. patient <laughs> about it. Oh yeah! It was like every step. I was just like, "Come on, let's move this a little faster." And I'm waiting to get edits back. And you know, it'll you know, the editor had about three weeks to edit the book on the wow. first round. And I'm like, three weeks? I want this done in two days." <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Ooh. Good luck with that one. <laughs> Yes, but it is definitely a process. It's a learning process. And I think as long as you have a good story, mm. people will connect to it. And one thing I have learned that I'm very happily, not surprised, but kind of surprised in a way, in that the book, the people that I have shown the book to, um, the librarians, or even the school's teachers that have read this book to classes that don't even have a child who stutters in them. The feedback that I'm getting is very positive. And one of the things is that they're saying is that even though there isn't a child who's, even though these are kids who don't stutter, they are able to connect to the story in their own way. And I think if we can get stories out there that are mainstreamed, that other children that can connect and enjoy these story, then those are the those are also the kids that we want to read this. Like I don't just want kids who stutter to read these books. I want mm -hmm. everybody else who's yeah. cousin stutter to read these books so when I'm writing them I'm always thinking okay does this appeal to other children who don't is there something is there a moral of the story is there a lesson in here that even if you don't stutter you're going to take something away with you and if the answer is yes and if I think SLPs are going to 
see this as a resource, then I think, yes. Um, you know, keep going with that storyline. Nice. I can't wait to see what the next eight books will be like. <laughs> you know, really, I would love to publish 10 of them. Yeah, 50. I know. Me too. And, you know, there's yeah. like, how many books do you think you could write? I'm like, I could write 50 books. Do you it's know fun. I know. How many things that we have to deal with or issues? Like, it's ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does it pay the bills for now? <laughs> but all I need is for it to cover the cost of the books. Mm. I have a full-time job. I just need to be able to pay it. It will happen. It, it will happen. Another thing I learned from my book was you may never know what impact yes. that you will have. Because you don't know if when that teacher or when a teacher reads it to their class when a student, when a light bulb goes off in their head, you may never know that. Or 10 years from now, someone might walk up to you saying, this is what happened. And it's all because of you and, yeah. and all that. So I just tend to just keep it with, 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 uh, within the creative outlet type. It's fun to create these comics well, for me and to post them and eh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I was reading the uh, book in in front of uh, the whole school that I work at. So oh, that wow. was about almost seven hundred and eighty students, and um, and I I was reading. I was just you know before I was going up to read in front of this assembly, and then there was all this staff. And I was just like, I hope I don't cry when I go <laughs> because I don't know. I mean, stuttering is never talked about. And I'm like, this is huge. Like I'm reading a book about stuttering in front of a whole school. And, um, and I'm, and I'm up there thinking, okay, this is the topic. They are being exposed to this. And I hope that little seed that gets implanted is stays there so if they ever meet someone who stutters if they ever hire someone who stutters if they ever marry someone who stutters it you know it won't be like starting from scratch <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know i'm 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 crossing my fingers i'm stubborn and i'm determined to make this work so even if I lose my sanity. <laughs> no, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> However, we are in better times, though, more enlightened times. I mean, it was only, what, the 60s, I think, the 1960s, where people thought stuttering was a form of, uh, of insanity. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure within the next 10 years, even, things would be so different. So much better, but it does take a lot of work on our part, our meaning the stuttering community. You are correct there. And it takes money, right? Because people have their busy lives. Life is so busy now. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. got time to slow down and speak slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting with, uh, with Facebook, with Reddit, 
with Twitter, um, the sharing of information that is happening right now, the people that are connecting <laughs> the that misinformation. maybe would not have. <laughs> and um, the misinformation. <laughs> yes, and the misinformation. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, all that is happening. It's at least starting a conversation. Yeah. And I hope it is stirring, um, stirring things up a bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I do think it takes really every adult who stutters that if you have benefited in some way from being connected with people who stutter or the stuttering organizations, that we have a responsibility um, to the next generation mm -hmm. and to ourselves and other people who stutter, that we just can't take what we have been given. We need to take that, create it into something and then give it that, um, you know, it is extra volunteer hours. We do have you know, lives and families, but we need to carve out that time. And that's just a responsibility that I think we, 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 we all have. And the stuttering community has changed um, uh, uh, my life. And it's really a privilege to be in a position where I am happy to write books about stuttering and very comfortable in, in, in for them. Wise, wise words. So make the time to make things better for us. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you very much for having me and I look forward to chatting with you again. And that was Kim Block, the author of the book, Adventures of a Stirring Superhero, Adventure Number One, <laughs> Interruptitis. I, I love, I love that whole concept. I'm so sick of people trying to finish my sentences. I mean, I know they're, they're trying to help. <laughs> Their intentions are good. Sheesh, boy, do we need a lot of awareness. And it's not just people who stutter. It's all communication disorders. And even people who speak with accents, thick accents. Eh, but we're in good times, better times, more enlightened times, which still need a lot more <laughs> enlightening. And speaking of books, a book that I read over the Christmas holidays is called Pickup Notes from a friend of mine who is an author. Her name is Jane Labac. She lives in the United States. And this book, the reason that I'm telling you, it has a stuttering character. And the character is one of the supporting characters. And he's not a stutterer who has a mental illness, is a deranged killer, is... <laughs> <laughs> and all the other usual stereotypes that we see that come up in the media. He's not a frightened creature. He's not a weak person. 
And well, part of that's because I got to help. <laughs> I got to help Jane, me, along with a few of my friends. Uh, she asked us, she approached us, what would make an authentic stuttering character? So it's great to see that book finally come to fruition after all these years. And if you're interested in music, classical music and romance, that book uh, is for you. It's called Pick Up Notes. It's not about stuttering, but it does have stuttering awareness in it. So I think you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy that. And it's also funny. There's also some language in it, some curse words. So it may not be for the younger audience. I'd say, I don't know, maybe upper teens and up and people who are in their 40s. <laughs> and speaking of books, continuing speaking of books, my book, I've mentioned a few times, Stuttering is Cool. It's a, a subtitle, The Guide to Stuttering in the Fast-Talking World. It's all of my tips and tricks and life experiences in how to deal with stuttering in various speaking situations like job interviews and dating and toddlers and blah, blah, blah. I think I talked about this at the beginning. It also contains my comics, which I hope that you will you will enjoy. And well, it's a textbook in seven universities across the, across North America, so it's helping educating the future SLPs. And that is available on stutteringiscool.com exclusively on Etsy, uh, and also in the Apple iBook Store in digital format and uh, Google Play as well. If you want the print version, that's on Etsy, but all the information you'll find on stutteringschool.com. That's very, very simple. Okay, I think that's all I have to say. This was a jam-packed ep 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 episode. <sighs> well, until then, I hope that I receive a lot of audio from the, from you so I can play on my next episode, which I'll try my best to get it within two weeks. And until then, may our stuttering be with confidence. Ciao.